0: Welcome back, it's time for Cubicle Insanity. I've got Kim here with me, and I'm Tammy. We're back together again to talk, or rant maybe a little, about a little thing which we love called corporate America. So let's get into our latest Cubicle Insanity. Kim, tonight, I wanna cover a little bit about interviewing. I'm very passionate about it, and I've got a lot of thoughts. So I know that you go through this process frequently yourself, but then also, I think at every turn, our friends as well are going through, people we know are going through the interview process, whether it's, you know, external and we're hearing about what's happening or even internal watching people go through that interview process. What do you think? Let's chat about it.
1: I'm all in because we've both been through it from the interviewer and the interviewee. So lots to talk about for sure.
0: Yeah. And there are some things that get me riled. I'm not going to lie. So if I'm asked, right? So um and I so I know that you feel the same way. I will be asked to participate, let's say, in an interview process. And there's one thing that drives me wild. Do you want to know what it is? What? Tell it me, is, tell me. It is when let's call it the hiring manager is like, "Well, I don't want to be extremely prescriptive I don't want to be extremely specific about what I'm posting in my job description because I just want to see what's out there I want to see who applies Kim I I can't be part of that I, I just can't be part of it I need to know on both sides for if I'm gonna participate in this interview process who am I interviewing for? How do I ask questions? How do I seek out that right candidate? If I don't even know myself what this position is, Right. but if you're a candidate and you're seeing this like hugely vague description and you come in, you think, well, I'll interview that. I'll take the interview because I'm going to find out about it when I go in. No, you're not Mm -mm. because we're just seeing who's out there.
1: Yeah, that is insane. I've had several managers also do the same thing. Like, hey, I just want to, let's just post it. Let's let's just see who's out there. I'm not ready to hire yet. I don't have the budget for it. I have it for next year, but I want to at least kind of start seeing who the candidates are. Are you kidding me? Quit wasting my time.
0: Right. Everybody's time.
1: Everybody's time.
0: Yeah. It drives me wild and I don't think and so if I'm on that interview panel and I'm the one of the people who's interviewing, it's hard number one, what questions do you ask? Because you yeah. don't even know what you're looking for, right? But how do you also answer the questions? Because if that candidate realizes which a smart one will and they realize this is super vague, like they're asking questions and they're saying, hey, so specifically tell me what a day would look like. Give me some examples yes. of the responsibilities. Give me oh, sorry. I I can't because we're just seeing who's out there.
1: Yeah, yeah. because you always will get that question of, well, can you tell me a little bit more details about that job or tell me a little bit more about what the daily work I'll be doing? You know, they're asking for more details. and You sit there and you kind of got like, ah, this blank stare (laughs) in your face. (laughs) Right. And it is. It's It's embarrassing. It is. It's an embarrassment. It's not a great candidate experience, nor does it – represent the company very well
0: right no it, that's a great point it doesn't at how would i mean no fault to anybody who takes a job like this, like absolutely none no judgment here because um, you're looking for a job and you're hoping right. you can make the best of that situation but at the same time if the company if these people who are interviewing you can't give you a straight answer and especially the hiring manager i mean that seems like a load of crap
1: Right, and do you really want to work for that person? Because is that how they manage? Yeah. Is that how they lead?
0: Right, is that how they operate all the time?
1: Right. Yeah. That that doesn't make for a good um, candidate experience, as I said, but also it, as a candidate, you should be thinking, is this really a place I want to work?
0: Yeah, because the candidate is, I mean, similarly to the company, they're interviewing just to see if they feel like they would be a good fit. Is this the place I want to be? And, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I think that when I think back um, here in my you know dear old age about when, like, maybe I was younger and, uh, and interviewing for jobs, I just wanted the job, Kim. Make service. I don't know that I interviewed the company. I don't, I mean, I asked questions because I was told, you need to ask questions. But I don't know that I really asked questions to find out if, it was the type of company or the type of person or, you know, that I really wanted yeah. to be part of.
1: I agreed. I, it wasn't until about midway through my career that I realized that, you know, I those questions I was asking, they needed to be pertinent and they needed to add something to my information gaining of why I wanted to work at that company. Because I, too, was just like, okay, you know, you're trained. You should ask good questions. Okay, well, what are good questions? <laughs> right. Tell me more about the job or tell me more about, you know, you try to, when you're first out of school and you're asking those first questions, you're just, you don't really know what you're asking. You're checking the box. Like, I right. asked you're, a question. Yep, checking that box. It's not till like, mid-career you're like, oh, wait. I, too, get to interview the company. Yeah. Because who hasn't taken a job because they needed a job, and again, no judgment. We've right. all been there. Right. It's what you do. But you get in the company and you're like, oh, boy. Uh, I'm not sure that this is the right place for me. And and it's because you didn't ask the right questions right. or you didn't listen as yeah. the company was talking.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. You might have actually, like, felt it or heard it, but you didn't take it seriously. You didn't go, yep, that's really how I felt or that's really, like, okay. what they were saying. As I was going through that. Yeah. But, it, yeah, and then you get into the job and you go, I should have asked. Or maybe I did ask, but I didn't push hard enough or I didn't really listen to the answer.
1: Or they said one thing and it's really something different.
0: Oh, yes. Grr.
1: Yeah, who hasn't had that happen?
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. And you know what's funny is, so we've talked about my daughter before, and yeah. it's funny to listen to her as she goes through this process um, as a millennial, I guess. Is that yeah. is that what the generation still is? Um and even at her her young age, and I don't think this is something we've actually talked about as far as you know. I think it's like just uh, natural to her, and and you know, people her age is they are looking like they, they ask questions about the culture because they are looking for those types of things. Where I might have asked the questions, Kim, but I mean, I wasn't really looking. For a culture, or a, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting uh, point, because I've never asked, I don't ever recall ever asking about culture until recently, and the newer or college graduates new into the workforce, almost every one of them are asking that question.
0: Yeah, where does it come from? Like, is that something that... I mean, do they hear it from like their parents or, or or things like that or is it just part of who they are?
1: I think it's part of who they are. Um, because you know, back when I started like a gazillion and a half years ago, <laughs> you know, you came in, you did what the manager said, you sat at your desk, you you know, here's the things you had to do during the day. Very different.
0: You had asked permission to uh leave for an appointment.
1: Yes. Yes. And now as the, the millennials come into the workforce and the Gen Ys, the Gen Ys, I think, are really the ones that have kind of started changing the cultures in companies and making that more of a focus. And, of course, they're the ones that have the kids. They're now coming into the workforce as the millennials. And so they've kind of heard that from their parents Yeah, about I, the culture. You're so probably they're asking right. about it. Yeah. It's, uh, so if I think...
0: Back to, you know, my childhood or, you know, even, you know, up to through high school and stuff. I don't know that I ever heard my parents say the word culture, like related to work. You know, it was more like, I have to get to work. I have to be at work. Work, you know what I mean? Like work is work is work. Yeah. It wasn't about a person.
1: Exactly. I can remember my parents, and even I said it early in my career, um, you never talked about culture, you always talked about, oh, that company, that's a great company to work for. They've got great benefits. You're right,
0: I. you know what? Um, even till recently, so I'm, I'm I'm sort of, as you're talking, I'm thinking through this. Um, you know, the various cities I've lived in, I, I think that that's true of cities too, like everybody's like, oh, well that's a company that you want to work for, like that's a. Yes. That's a good company, yep. I, I mean. I don't know why or or what that reason was, but like there's certain things where it's it's interesting. Like interviewing um, candidates, even you know candidates like our age today will ask those questions about like the company culture or you know how does the company you know handle certain situations or you know various things like that. Which is the, it's the right questions to be asking as a candidate. So bravo for them. Yeah, but.
1: I also find that they ask, like, a secondary question to that. Like, culture is the general question, but then they want to know about, like, the diversity or the inclusion. Yeah. Which I find fascinating that more and more people are asking about that in an interview. I don't think it's... I think it's an absolute right question to ask. Right. um, Because diversity and inclusion makes you a better and stronger company.
0: Yeah. And everybody asks it you know that you say that it's something it's a conversation topic that comes up with everybody it's not just certain uh lines of work or certain companies or it's across the board you know like diversity is um maybe it used to be diversity used to be more of a, a like maybe a race or um a gender or things like that but i think diversity today actually means just how many different thought processes and how many different types of people do you have? Yeah. Not necessarily based on identifiable characteristics, but right. what, you know, diversity and, yeah. and how that's handled.
1: Yeah. They want to know about affinity groups. Yeah. Which, you know, when I started, and I'm not trying to sound like I'm a thousand years old, <laughs> but, but we didn't have such thing.
0: No. And probably wouldn't have known what that meant. Right. If someone would have yeah, said yeah, that. yeah, yeah.
1: So I'm thrilled. I, I personally am thrilled to be part of a company that has those affinity groups now because I can certainly see the impact on how people think and work and interact and the type of talent that we get and attract and retain as a result of those affinity groups.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a little bit of there's something for everybody. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everybody can feel at home. Um, Okay. So, we talked about being vague. Um, the other thing, so around that same sort of topic, the thing that drives me crazy um, is not only the job description but the requirements or the characteristics. So if I'm on the interview panel again and I've got the job description, maybe it's vague, maybe it's not. But what are those what what are those things that you're looking for in that candidate that would make them really great for this position? And I'm trying to think of some examples. Um, Maybe they, um, you know, some could be very like tactical, like, oh, very good at Excel or, you know, very good at a a specific type of thing or maybe a very good speaker. Maybe it's somebody who um, can handle a difficult conversation. All those different types of things are going to lead me down a different path as I'm talking to this candidate. The way I like to think this so a little bit random and a little bit just me and I know this, the way I like to interview is I just like to have a conversation and I want my I want the candidate to follow along with me. So I'm gonna be asking you know questions. Um, some are gonna be behavioral, although I don't like to be like the typical like five questions in a row of tell me a time when. Yeah, you right? agreed. Like it's a little bit yeah. old. But follow along with me. I'm going to kind of lay out a little bit of what this job does, a little bit of some of the situations. And I want you to elaborate. I don't want yes, no answers. Um, I don't know, or I haven't done that is fine, but elaborate. So kind of follow me down that path. But if I don't know what those characteristics are, I don't know what path to even lead this candidate down to try to get them to talk about those types of things.
1: Yeah. The other thing, though, to think about on the characteristics Characteristics are different than basic qualifications.
0: Okay, yes, for sure. And requirements.
1: And requirements, yes. Because where I think a lot of people get hung up on is basic qualifications. They put in characteristics. And how how do you defend, if ever audited, you put in there like somebody has, one of the basic qualifications might be good communication skills. So subjective. Oh, my gosh. That's a characteristic you're looking for, but it's not a qualification. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to be careful how to distinguish that.
0: Yeah, agreed. And uh, along, the, along those same lines is, so there are going to be requirements, mm-hmm. which is a whole other subject in itself. Right. So, you know, be smart about what you have as requirements. But um, so I was saying characteristics, but when you started talking, I started thinking competencies. So. Yes good communicator i mean that could be probably on every job description and it's super vague and and there's no yeah. meaning behind it um but it, it, it is around those competencies like it's somebody who can present well or somebody who can deal with c yeah. level or it's somebody who can deal with difficult conversations um but that those all could be considered good communicators yeah but what are you really looking for right for this position yeah and if you don't know
1: Let me ask you, what's your least favorite interview question?
0: My least favorite? Uh, Or the one
1: that you dislike the most, either however you want to phrase it.
0: Okay. I, I, okay, so I sort of really dislike the, oh, so tell me a little bit about your background. Okay, should I go back to kindergarten? Like, how, like, what do you mean? Like, you want to little bit? That's
1: exactly mine as well. A phrase just mm-hmm. a little bit differently, like, walk me through your resume. Right. Oh, I, did you
0: not have time to read it before th- That's exactly what I think. <laughs> like,
1: okay, do I say, uh, do you want me to go backwards to forwards, forwards to backwards? Or did you just not read my resume? Yeah, should I just say titles?
0: Or, like, are there specific things that you want to know about that particular job?
1: I absolutely hate that question. I do too. So when you're talking about interviewing and behavior-based questions yes. and things like that, as a candidate... I do you know
0: okay so um this is I so I interviewed for a job one time and I it was it was just so obscure and I I think that my jaw dropped like I I don't know that I handled it well to be honest with you I'm trying to remember even what I said but I was asked in an interview professional for a professional job like I was asked if you were a candy, what type would you be and why?
1: I hate those questions. Or tell me how many quarters will fit in the circumference of a sewer lid. Yes.
0: Now I know that like Google or uh yes. like will ask like crazy questions. And right. I, some of them I think are kind of fun to get people thinking. Like, yeah. So, Kim, uh, I know that we differ on this, so you won't know what I'm talking about, but I'm gonna tell you about it. So there's a movie called like the interns with Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. Nope. Never heard of it. Of course you didn't. But let me tell you a little <laughs> bit on it. Okay, so there's these two guys, and they are sort of—I uh, hate to call them door-to-door sales—but they, I believe, they sold like watches or something like this. And they went out to, I suppose, jewelers or whatever, and they try to get the jewelers to buy their watches to sell in their stores. And they take this guy out, and they think he's going to buy like this big order. And the guy that they've taken out uh, tells them that their company went under. So they, they're salespeople for it. They don't even know. And this guy that they're trying to sell to says, oh, I thought you knew. Like, your company is no longer in existence. So they're super embarrassed and whatever, blah, blah, So it truly happened. And now they're looking for new jobs. And that's what they do is they're salespeople. And they're like, how do we, what are we going to do next? And they've always been sort of like partners in sales. And it's Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, so super funny, like good, good, good humor and whatever. Um, they apply to be interns at Google, hmm. at the Goog, at the Goog, and, um, they lots, lots of you know crazy things, but they're asked. So they, um, what's funny about it is they interview at a public library because they don't even have their own computers. But they're interviewing for a Google internship. It's good, Kim. So um, <laughs> they are sitting at the at the library, and they don't, like, they got their heads close together, and they're being silly. But they're asked the question of, like, if you are the size of, like, a dime, you're a person, and you're, like, the size of the dime, and you're put in a blender, what do you do? And their answers were actually very, like, crazy and funny, but innovative because it ended up that they went from, they're in a blender and maybe they're just like leaning up against the back and they're spinning around enjoying the breeze because they sold blenders before and even mm. the best blender is only going to let it go, you know, be able to run yeah. for 10 hours straight. So for 10 hours, they could just enjoy themselves. Yeah. And of course, the Googlers are like, no, that's not really what we're looking for. Yeah. Like, what are you going to yeah. do? And they turn into like, okay, well, if I'm I'm a dime size, like I'm I'm going to, you know, somehow climb out whatever it is out of this blender, but... Now I could be part of, like, I could be in like a little mini uh, ship type of thing and go through people's bodies and diagnose diseases, and like they took it on this really crazy thing. So um, you do get to see like the the innovation of yeah. Um, yeah. on that side. So I mean, I get why maybe Google does those types of things. Um, I don't. I'm not that type of. I'm not a Googler, yeah. so but... I'm I'm not into that. But I mean, the movie made it seem like okay, yeah, like hmm, I'm still not going to do it though.
1: Yeah, I probably won't ask those kind of questions, but I do ask questions to try to get people to be innovative or think fast on their feet because, well, it depends on the job. So, like, if you're uh, interviewing for somebody that's going to be negotiating, I'm probably going to ask more questions to get them to kind of think about quick on their feet. I think sometimes when you negotiate, you have to do that. Yeah. Whereas if you're a different role, you're going to ask different types of questions. So I'd say tailor your questions to the role. Yeah. Like a canned list of questions doesn't fit for every interview. Yeah. And Agreed. I know some companies have that, and they're like, okay, just go through all these questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Well, so, we're sort of building. I feel like because if you don't have a specific job description and you're not saying like right. what you need out of this person, uh, the type that would be a good candidate for this. It's hard to ask the questions. I was asked one time, this is my favorite. So on the flip side, you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you. Okay. My favorite, I was asked one time, okay, so we've spent, you know, whatever, 30, 60 minutes together. When I leave the room, what do you want me to remember about you? Tell me three things when I leave the room and I'm asked for my feedback about this interview. What do you want me to remember about you? Oh,
1: that's a good question. Right? Yeah.
0: I ask it now all the time.
1: Yeah.
0: And so even if it's, Let's call it maybe like even a 30-minute phone screen. I will ask at the end, okay, we've covered, you know, a lot of ground. I've heard a lot about you. Um, Hopefully you've, you know, gotten things answered. I've been able to, you know, answer things for you. But when I go back and they ask me, how did the interview go? Tell me about this person. What are the three things you want me to remember? And what's interesting I have found is I've had a couple, you know, lots of uh, times with this question, and I love it now, is there's people who tell me those three things, and I look back over, like, maybe my notes over the, let's call it all phone screens, over my 30-minute phone screen, and they did not mention any of those things. Yeah. And so now I hear I have these three things that they told me they want me to remember, but they didn't tell me any of those things while we were talking. They didn't work it in or yeah. whatever. Um, but then there's those other people who, they, it's clear, like, they're pointing out these three things, and it was a theme. like It was consistent throughout, you know, all of yeah. the things that they answered or asked me. You know, three things that were important to them. So I feel like that says like I, I walk away going, Hmm, okay, yeah, I know I I know a little bit more about you just by asking that question yeah. too.
1: Yeah. My favorite I think is um like kind of along the same lines of like what are the three things? Is there anything else that you want me to know about you? Yeah. And that that's your opportunity to kind of give Unleash. that one last sales pitch about who you are and why you're a fit for that job
0: Mm -hmm. exactly
1: so it's 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 a good way it's it's almost like the you know beginning elevator speech but it's like your wrap-up speech Mm -hmm. and to to push that sale or the the, (laughs) get that offer over the line so you get it
0: right so if that's the last thing you walk out of the room with or off the phone with like that's what's fresh in your In your mind, and um, I also, okay, so to your point of, you know, what anything else that I haven't, that you want me to know about you, that would, you know, it's also interesting when they have nothing else to add.
1: True. Yeah. I've had interviews where I'm kind of stumped on that, but I just kind of go back and I recap who I am and my skills. Yeah. Because when you get stumped, either... It's a very poor interview, and you're just like, okay, this is a crazy train. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me, and I don't want to work here, but I'll play along.
0: Right, I'm or get through the interview.
1: They they've been so mm-hmm. exhaustive and thorough in their interview that you have basically told them everything there is to know about you for this job. Yeah. So, you know, how do you add anything additional? Mm-hmm. Other than saying, "Hey, I think I'm worth a million bucks, and you ought to hire me because right. I'm going to knock it out of the park," and yeah, um, but you also got to be kind of careful, right, not to be so flippant. But I always try to, I I always try to use a little bit of humor at the end when I try to wrap it up so that they smile, right? Yeah, smile, but also just a little bit of humor in yeah. there, and and um,
0: yeah. so yes, yeah,
1: so they smile and that um, you know, it you walk away a little bit lightened from it because yeah. interviews are intense.
0: Oh, my gosh. They're, they're so draining. heavy.
1: Drainy. Yeah. For both, both sides, both. right?
0: It is. I, so since I got asked the question of, okay, tell me the three things you want me to remember. Like, I, I, I feel like I was caught. The first time I, when I was asked that question, I think I was a little bit caught off guard. And I, I don't know how well I answered it, to be honest. But, I mean, I answered it. Um, but I feel like now when I get that question... Uh, like, okay, is there anything else that you want me to know? Is there something we, you know, we haven't talked about? I have my three things. Like, it's it's a part of now, like, my mental process for preparing of, okay, like, maybe if it's this type of job, you know, yeah. I, I want to point out, you know, maybe how, that I'm skilled in that area, but also some things about me that I'm bringing uh, that are really going to wow, yeah. wow them, yeah. you know, knock their socks off for this yeah. position. So yep. it is. Um Okay, so talking about interviewing and like your style and the questions you ask, the thing I notice um, and at different, I think at different companies or even how I hear, uh, you know, maybe from friends or other people about how it's handled and that is the internal versus the external.
1: Yeah.
0: And okay, so generically uh, speaking, it's really the same interview. However, I feel like the majority, a huge percentage of the time, it's treated very differently.
1: Agreed. Absolutely agree.
0: And I don't like it. Um, (laughs) If you have one position and you're interviewing external candidates and internal candidates, it's the same interview. And you should be asking the same questions, looking for the same things. Whether, and so internally, um, sometimes I feel like Maybe the company. Okay, you're gonna have to help me phrase this because I'm not gonna get it right. But the company is not necessarily fair. Life's not fair, but it's it's not necessarily fair because they're viewing the person, the internal candidate, as the position they have today. Agreed. Yeah. Where an external candidate could be so unqualified. Yeah. But yet they're going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Versus the internal candidate.
1: The other thing I see is two things. One is that the internal interviews seem to be more casual mm-hmm. like oh let's just have a conversation and, and they can't kind of like to your point get past the role that the person is in um and the external you know is very formal they have schedules everything like that um i've lost my second point yeah. so
0: well okay so i'm gonna, I'm gonna tag on to that so yeah. you had mentioned earlier the candidate experience and i think we talk a lot about like as so from the from the company perspective, our, our, our talent acquisition organizations talk about the candidate experience a lot. And again, back to the internal versus external, it should be, okay, I'm going to say it should be the same. It shouldn't be the same, but I mean, overall, it should be very similar. I'll mm-hmm. phrase it that way. The candidate experience for our internal versus our external. So if we are affording our external candidates to interview with these four different people, we should afford that same thing as a candidate to our internal candidates. Yes. And the the candidate experience, like those candidates, internal and external, should walk away from that process uh, feeling like they were treated um, in the in the, in sort of that that right and fair manner. As far as I was interviewed, I was asked these questions. I know what the job description was. I was allowed to ask questions back, yeah. et cetera. But to your point, a lot of times internally we're a little bit more casual. I don't know if I like it.
1: Yeah. I do remember my second point now. Yeah. You're you're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, The other thing is is I've noticed, like, with internal interviews, the hiring managers or HRs will go and do background checks. They'll talk to current managers, their colleagues in HR to get the information on the candidate and kind of get a pre screen of them. Yeah. Where, to your point about being fair, you can't do that externally. Yes. And I think that that is insanity.
0: Cubicle insanity?
1: Maybe. Cubicle insanity. Yeah. I, I,
0: so from a company perspective, in hiring somebody internally, what a, gr- I mean, uh as we were talking about culture we yeah. you know uh the positive attributes of hiring somebody and like it makes everybody feel good like oh my company hires internally they look internally I, I, so sometimes it's a promotion sometimes it's a lot or whatever yeah. it is but you know doing that high that internal hiring it, i think for most employees that's a positive to see their company doing that um you know from our hr perspective that's a money saver um we're not having to go out and we don't have these people who are searching externally to find right. the right candidates. We don't have them doing all of these phone screens like if we're actually looking internally. It's it can be a, a bit of a money saver for us. Um so there's lots of benefits to it. Although I I don't know uh, companies I think would agree with me. Like I I think generically like oh yes. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. But I don't
0: know how well we do it, quite honestly. And from my experience I find it to be frustrating sometimes even being a participant in the process or watching the process happen. Yeah, It's frustrating.
1: It is. And then the other, the other thing, so I've seen a couple of different companies where they do a lot of internal postings and a lot of internal department department to moves and give people opportunity, which is great. Yeah. And then you see the other ones where they have such tight succession plans Yes, that you're not really going out. So to save on recruiting costs, to your point – about hiring internally they have the succession plans but you never really bring in at some of the senior or bigger positions some external talent to maybe give a fresh set of eyes to the company and help infuse a little bit different dna to help the company grow a little bit differently look at you yeah and they, they what the you know it's great to have tight succession plans and that works for some companies mm-hmm. and then all they do is hire like the entry level folks yeah. to give them yeah. that opportunity mm-hmm. that's great but again going back to the earlier part of di- diversity or inclusion you don't have diversity in thinking then
0: right yeah i'm totally with you i hadn't thought of about it that way so it's interesting you bring that up because it is those Like you said, like with the succession planning, it's a it's a living thing, and sometimes companies have their succession plans that are a little bit more locked in instead of a living uh, evaluation, a living process, something that is you know could change. And I mean, you're exactly right, and we've been at those companies, wink wink, nudge nudge, that where either too much external at like at a certain level. It can cause disruption on a regular basis it's a revolving door it's a revolving door exactly however if you if you do have those positions where it's always somebody and you know who the next person is and I mean sometimes people stop trying because they know who you know oh this person's gonna get promoted
1: yeah so you got to be careful with your succession plans to your point point, they stop trying because it's like oh well, I'll never, I know I'll never get that job so there's like no motivation
0: yeah yeah and so Interesting. Okay, so I was coming into this conversation. I feel like Sorry. with one mind frame, but you we bird walked. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now I'm. I'm like it. There is a. It, it is a balance of. Uh, I love internal candidates getting that opportunity, but there is that value that you don't want to lose on on the diversity on bringing in somebody who thinks a little bit differently because, and maybe it's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of the the ebb and flow of your your business and right. and not being stagnant and if you are continually sort of following the same like this person in this position is going to get promoted to this you know and so on and so forth versus bringing in someone new who can uh productively and positively challenge the existing yep,
1: the status quo yeah yes. like
0: there's value there too yeah yeah
1: absolutely because when companies, I think, have such tight succession plans, and I get it, you have it like for your your chairman and your yeah. president and CEO. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you do go outside because you want, as the board, to bring in a fresh set of eyes yeah. and challenge the status quo. Yeah.
0: But How do you w- meet that next crazy right. goal if you have the same thinking?
1: Yeah. yeah. So it's it, I think it's a balancing act. And I think any company that has such a tight one – it's like similar to the military, right? You spend so long in your chair and such right. such, such a certain rank and then you get promoted up mm-hmm. and then you spend another amount of years at a certain right. rank and then you're automatically promoted. Typically, never been in the military, but thank right. you to those that have served <laughs> and that are active military. My nephew, thank you. And a little plug for him. <laughs> but right. you're exactly right. But, um, you know, you, you got to have a mix of a strong succession plan and being able to have some of those slots. Because I know like the company I work for now, we have a pretty robust succession planning process. But one of my clients, we purposely have a few roles where we say we want to bring in some external talent when that chair becomes vacant Mm -hmm. just so we can keep it fresh and keep it innovative.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay, so mark this down. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about succession plans another day cuz I have I have some some thoughts there. I'm not quite as passionate like this interviewing thing definitely it's come up recently for me and Sorry, it's one of those It's one of those uh, parking lot. Can you put do we have a flip Park chart? <laughs> we need to put
1: that on the flip we're chart. We're going to need podcast bingo. <laughs> um
0: but succession plans are like it, I mean Something that I think is so varied between companies, yes, but it it is i I'm sort of coming into our conversation today with my certain mindset of a little bit of frustration with like sort of that interviewing and 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 how the hiring managers define um the position that they're looking for or the person that they're looking for um but you're right, like there the the value of considering both sides is. Is really key in in both whatever position, but also in succession planning. Um, Okay, so another point that has me, you know, maybe burning a little bit, I'm not going to lie. Why can't we be honest? And when I say we, I mean, hiring manager, recruiter, uh, you know, whatever. HR. Department, organization, uh, whoever's involved in this hiring process. Why can't we be honest and who's making that final decision and so what I mean by that final decision like who is whose input really matters so I have been in situations myself where maybe I have an open position and I'm hiring and I know that for whatever reason good bad indifferent that my boss is going to sort of tell me who needs to be hired Okay, I, we need to be honest about that. Like, sure, we can all say, like, what our, what we thought about the candidates and whatever, but really that final decision is up to this person. Or maybe I'm the hiring manager, and I'm internal or external, and maybe I already sort of know who I want to hire. Okay, like, let's be honest about that. Or sometimes it is truly by, um, uh, what's the word? The like, panel. The panel, yeah. yeah, like, just consensus. Like, yeah. that's all just... Yeah. And it's all open and let's discuss it. But let's be honest about who's doing it because uh, the next point we'll make, and we've already sort of made it, which just burns me up too, is wasting people's time. But yeah. let's be on- why can't we be honest about who's making the decision about this, who the hire is going to be?
1: Agreed. And I want to talk about the panel because this is one of my biggest pet peeves. How often as a candidate Have you been through early entry-level jobs that you've started out in that you've been interviewed by nine or ten people?
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Right out of school. I'm guessing your daughter's going through this right now because, you know, she's fresh out of school. I have been in numerous companies where folks coming right out of school go through nine or ten people, interviews. Then what happens is you get back together to get the feedback in the panel and the panel says, oh, well, we like candidate X. And, you know, you, the HR, go to the hiring manager and go, okay, well, kind of what's your decision? Oh, well, the panel likes candidate X. I really like candidate Y. So I guess I'll hire candidate X. And then what happens? Six, seven I months. I you so. Six or seven months later, they're in your office. Going, uh, yeah, Candidate X isn't working out. I want to get rid of them. Um, And can I call Candidate Y back and make them an offer? Because, you know, I really didn't, I I, I just listened to the panel. Okay, first off, dumbass, why (laughs) did you have nine people interview an entry-level person? It should be you, one other person, and HR, since they're brand new out of school, have a conversation with them. They don't have a lot of experience. What are you going to talk with them about? And those nine or ten people are going to ask them all the same question. And they're going to give more than likely the same answer, and they're going to look at this company and go, okay, these people, what the hell? This is insanity. Cubicle insanity.
0: Yeah. And it's most beautiful form. It's- yes. So if I'm, okay, uh, let's, you know, even go up through, like, the director level. Really, nine people?
1: Yeah. Yep. Kim, who? Why? You know, yes, I think at the more senior level, you know, you probably have four people. You have the hiring manager. You have maybe a colleague or two. Yeah. And an HR. But if they're internal, you don't need four. Honestly, like, External, why would you want to go above four? Externally? Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, because you can kind of triangulate the information mm-hmm. because, you know, you don't really know who that person is. But any more than four, absolute five, what are you going to learn differently beyond that? Yeah. Unless you give everybody kind of a section of an interview guide. Like one person poke on leadership, one person poke on, um, you know, whatever it might be, technical skills. Yeah. But you don't need nine or ten people.
0: No. So if I think about like when I have been a hiring manager and I had a a position to fill, who I wanted to participate with me. Um. Okay. So if we get to the point where we're like at an on-site interview. I would pick a colleague like you said a colleague somebody who knows me and knows what my group does so that when they're talking with this candidate they they know uh innately they they know without me telling them what we do and what's you know really like what is our key role what where do, where do we bring the value to the company So, when they're interviewing them, it's sure I can tell them what's the job and what I'm looking for, but they actually know. Maybe they interact with this group. Maybe they, you know, maybe they're the
1: customer of this group. Maybe they're the
0: customer. Like I pick somebody who knows that to participate, maybe one or two of them, you know, depending. Um, What do you feel about? Because I've done it both ways. What do you feel about involving team members? So they would be, let's maybe peers of the person who's being hired. So, you know, if you're a hiring manager, Um, And you have people who work for you, and you're hiring somebody else to join the team. How do you feel about having the people who work for you already interview that person?
1: Uh, I'm mixed on it. Me too. I I think um, for entry-level roles, like, again, your daughter coming right out Mm -hmm. of school, I think it's good that they interview with somebody that would be a peer. They can kind of have that conversation, really kind of understand what the job is and the the current employee will kind of get a vibe for, you know, say it's your daughter in this case, mm-hmm. if if she's going to get the hang of it or whatever it might be. Um for the more you go up in position, the higher arc, you know, higher up the the chain if you will. I'm not a fan of it.
0: Yeah. I I struggle. I feel like I struggle with that. Yeah. That um, all the time, whether I am the hiring manager or whether I'm the peer or, you know, whatever. I know that I have had, um, I'm trying to think if I have felt strongly. I don't know that I, as the peer, have felt strongly. Oh, I should be involved. Um, but I know that other, you know, folks that I know feel strongly that they're the peer, that they should be involved. This is somebody joining the team. And that could, and I agree, it could drastically change the dynamic of the team, you know, depending on who's hired. Um But it, it it's one of those things that I, I don't know if there's a right or wrong, but I,
1: yeah. I struggle. Yeah, I, I'm good either way. Um Actually, my last boss, he was a big fan of having the peers interview the candidates. Yeah. And I liked it because I was I was the one on the panel, if you will, of a gazillion of us that would always talk to the person about the team culture mm-hmm. because we had a great team. We all worked well together. And so I was appreciative that I got to be involved to kind of help protect that team, the team culture, yeah. because we'd had such a turnover in our team over, during my time, that it towards the end, it got to be a real team. When I first started, we were just a bunch of individuals working. Yeah. So there's pros and cons with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm like you, I'm mixed.
0: Yeah. And I feel like, in my experience, so there are people who are a little more competitive by nature. And so I just feel like you have to be able to, if you're the hiring manager or whoever that final decision maker is gathering up the feedback, you need to understand, evaluate, um, see the person who's interviewing and the type of feedback they're giving. So, for yeah. example, if somebody's extremely competitive, they might give a certain type of feedback of uh, someone who might be a peer, um, someone who's joining the team. You know, versus somebody who's maybe a little bit more, um, you know, carefree. You know, yeah. Um. So I th- I think it's important to to see that, but I've seen that happen, and I know I have been criticized for not including, mm. uh, the peers. Yeah. Um, and I I. But do you include them all? Oh my! See, that's where it gets really hard. Like, uh, or, Okay, so this brings up another. One of these things where I, I ugh, the the uh, the actual panel interview where the candidate has to sit in front of you know a firing squad, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, and each one gets their one question to ask or fire at the candidate,
0: and they all try to outdo each other. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, it can be very friendly and very productive. So yes. I, I know that, but I have also been the candidate in that situation where it's very apparent that they're competing against and trying to, like, one-up each other, asking you these crazy whatever questions. And there you are, the poor candidate going, really? This is how you guys work together?
1: But you can't say that. Like, you have to right. actually answer the questions. And So when you are in that panel, again, think about the candidate experience. Yes. And will that person want to join this team? And is this how your natural behavior is? Mm-hmm. Right?
0: Yeah. Well, apparently it is. Right?
1: Right Sometimes. And sometimes they get these alter egos like, (laughs) we're going to show them how cool we are, how bad we are. We're, you know, really, you know, we're these big engineers or whatever it is. And we're going to try to one-up each other. And that's not really how they are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's weird. I I think uh, there's a better conversation that happens one-on-one.
1: I agree. Yep. Or and,
0: what about two? Like two interviewers. Sometimes that's It depends, really.
1: Yeah, I think it depends. So
0: but okay. So the one thing we've touched on a couple of times and that is um wasting time. Mm-hmm. So, for the candidate, for those people who are participating, Uh, On your interview panel, so like the the various interviewers you ask to join an interview, adding up the amount of time, so like the equivalent of the dollars spent uh, from the company's perspective on interviewing candidates, and then there's this candidate who maybe has taken a day off of work or, you know, whatever to come in. There is the potential for a lot of wasting of time and it's so frustrating to me that the company needs to hire somebody they have an open position for a reason they need to hire somebody the candidate is looking for whatever reason yeah but why spend it's it's a lot of dollars if you add it up why waste time if you're if you're not sure if you're not specific if you um don't have the focus on the position and the candidate yeah
1: so much waste. It is. And think about it two different ways. One, do you say everybody is not available. You're going to do a panel interview of five, seven people. Do you and everybody's not available to your point candidates have taken maybe a day off from work. Do you push that out till all five or seven are available to have the candidate come in in one time? Or what do you what are your thoughts about having the candidate come back back and forth multiple times? Hate it. I, I completely agree because your point is, to your point, that they've probably taken a day off work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. The other thing is that I have found when, when companies do that or hiring managers do that, they lose interest and they kind of forget about the candidates. And then when you go to do the debrief, they're like, yeah, I interviewed him about a month ago or her a month ago. Yeah. And then you get somebody, oh, well, I just talked to him yesterday really so your 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 thought your recall of the conversation is 30 days old really
0: yeah yeah i i i'm I'm, so i'm trying to think like even in my experience like if i'm a hiring manager no we pick maybe like let's try to get you know let's do our phone screens and maybe the phone screens take a period of time sure and you know we're spending maybe a month or so or two, you know, going through the phone screen process to identify the candidates that we want to bring in and talk to. But when we bring them in, let's bring them in in the course of a week or two, like in a in a, a defined short period of time. Just to your point, let's so we we're we're having similar conversations, we're asking similar questions. We ourselves are in the same mindset because you know if you're having a bad day versus a good day versus a a stressful time versus a not stressful time whatever it is that we're sort of in this boxed in sort of time frame as a as the people who are doing the interview um, and then we can you know meet shortly after because to your point of the candidate experience so I feel like we keep bringing up these points but it goes back to also there's that related candidate experience um, I, I I know that I have interviewed for jobs where weeks and weeks go by before you hear anything anything killer yeah. Then there's those other ones where, uh, is it a day goes by like you're in for the interview in person? Maybe later in the day, maybe the next day, you're hearing back from them already. To me, that is impressive.
1: Like that is. Isn't it? I agree. It's impressive, but it's also worrisome. Like, are they? Do they just make snap decisions? Did they not think through it thoroughly? I mean, if they're hiring me, it's the right decision. Well, so. of course. <laughs> I actually think that it's that they make good decisions, and it's impressive.
0: Well, that they they have their shit together.
1: Yes, they're you
0: know they've yes. got this process. They've had the discussion. They've yes. interviewed the candidates. They know what they're looking for, and they can make the decision. And they feel educated about it. Yeah. It's the right decision. But these other ones where like weeks and weeks, and then as the candidate, so back candidate experience. I'm the candidate. It's happened to me where you go for that in person interview. You feel pretty good. Of course you question yourself and there you know there's the longer it goes you're even you don't even care anymore you know what I mean you've almost moved on and you're like at uh, whatever what so if you work for that type of a company that took you go in for what you believe to be the final interview and they tell you okay this is you know sort of our time frame or whatever um, what kind of company are they if they are Well, maybe let's, let's talk to one more person. Let's, you know, we had this other person we were keeping warm or we had phone screened, whatever.
1: Yeah. I just want to test one more candidate to validate my decision on the other candidate. What? If I'm on that panel. to your point about
0: wasting time. Wasting time. I've been on panels, like the interview panel where that has happened. And it's like, get me out. I I, I can't, I can't be part of this anymore. (laughs) I can't be part of it anymore. Like, you move on however you need to move on. But, like, let's make a decision. We've interviewed these people. If you don't like any of them, they're not good fits. That's fine. Then let's make that decision. And I guess we're back to the beginning. But, yeah. So the candidate, all the things that we've started, all the points we've made, they're sort of the, obviously, the company viewpoint and the, you know, how you interview for that position. But also, what is the candidate seeing from this? as yeah. well.
1: yeah, Because they're interviewing the company, during the, or they should be. Yeah, exactly. So do you think we should state the obvious here? Oh my gosh,
0: let's go for it. Let's state the obvious. So I might be thinking one thing and you're thinking another, but let's, uh, let's, let's go through and, and, and recap and state the obvious. We talked about defining the job. So I'm posting a, a very defined job description. I have told my interview panel this is the type of candidate who's gonna be perfect for my position versus the extremely frustrating, and this is where I get like very passionate, like if I'm gonna be involved in one, uh, meaning an interview cycle, be detailed about those things because if we're just posting something to see who's gonna uh, maybe apply, who's out there, what's happening in the world, don't include me yet. Like, figure out what you need or what you want um before you before you do that uh internal versus external treat them similarly of course there's going to be a few nuances and whatnot but treat them similarly and evaluate so you brought this up and this was something i hadn't really been thinking about but evaluate the value of an internal versus an external they uh and and it's not about the position an internal person holds but about that person just as like you would evaluate the person of an external candidate. Um, But there is value, to your point, of uh, being too narrow, um, Prescriptive. prescriptive, defined around who is next in line versus maybe bringing in some external versus, let's ignore all of our internal people because of, well, they have that position clearly, you know, maybe they're not a good fit, we need to go external. So there's sort of a balance, um, a little bit of an art versus a science to that. Uh, We talked a lot about the interview panel and having them prepared the right number of people, the right way to handle it. And, And I think this is really where thinking about that candidate experience comes in. I mean, obviously all along, but this is where they're talking to people in the company. And so having your interview panel prepared knowledgeable, so that when they're talking with these candidates, not only are they getting the information they need, but the candidates are also having um, a very positive and um, enlightening experience themselves. Uh, And sort of that last point we touched on is just wasting time. Don't, I mean, as a hiring manager, hopefully I haven't been uh, a, a waster of the time of either my internal interviewers or my my candidates but be aware that everybody's giving up time for this and time is money on both sides and the candidate is interviewing the company the panel is interviewing the candidate so make sure that it's time well spent and that the right information the right details um are coming out of it so that a decision can be made and not wasting everybody's time did i did i get them kim
1: i think you did again it's make sure that the candidate has a great experience as well because that's what's going to you want them to have a good candidate experience so that when they walk in the first day, they know that they're coming to a company that, one, wants them, mm-hmm. yes. it's a good company, and that they're prepared to receive them as well. Yeah. So it, when you go through the interview process as a candidate, also be looking for those things so you know what kind of company you're joining.
0: So, I get a little fired up about the interview, some of the things we talked yep. about today. We parking, we put on the our parking, parking lot, out. on our flood chart, we uh, we put on succession planning. But you just brought up onboarding. We're going to add onboarding that. Onboarding
1: on the parking lot. We're adding
0: it to the parking lot because I've got actually some strong feelings about onboarding as well. And I, you know, there's excellent and horrible. horrible. I, I mean, is there much gray? I don't know, no. but we're going to talk about that later because I yeah. definitely have... um some passion there. So I hope this discussion can help with your cubicle insanity.
1: Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Cubicle Insanity.